All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode. And for this episode, we're going to be dipping our toes into a different show today. We're going to be talking about some Survivor stuff. And I had to welcome on a good first guest if I'm going to be talking some Survivor. My guest today, he was a finalist on season 35 of Survivor where he was a hustler. But I think the most impressive and interesting thing on his otherwise impressive resume is actually that he's related to me. My guest today, Ryan Ulrich. How are you doing, sir? That was a great introduction. Yeah, you had to start with me. Uh, no, that was just that's just how we, how we rehearsed. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that. I mean, I had to be the first one. I had to had be the first to be. one. So I would be. I would be going be. against. I'm, I'm glad uh, to be on. I'd be going against a very strict uh, unspoken family thing if I. Yeah, for sure. It, it wouldn't. It, it, it would not be okay within the family. I mean, me and you would have been fine, but the, the relatives would have been, you know, the infighting. They would have been, been up We're not doing arm. this for yeah. us. We're doing yeah. this for them, you know. For so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, for those that don't know, actually, the me and Ryan are in the same, like, kind of family line, but we our paths just kind of, like, never really, like, crossed. But recently, like, the correlation, I just found out a few days ago, actually, that Ryan's dad is actually my mom's godfather so that is like a crazy correlation here yeah it's it's news to me uh i mean you know these big families sometimes uh you know you you never know who's related to who and uh but yeah i mean once again the mike lewis podcast just brings everybody together so uh (laughs) i'm glad that we could do this and glad uh you know we could hop on and uh you know, we're it's family. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a family show. Yeah. So it's like it's like it's we're a, sitting down at a Sunday Italian dinner. Although I'm more Irish, yeah, <laughs> for the first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, how has uh, 2022 been treating you? Otherwise, though, has it been all right? What have you been up to? Yeah, it's it's been good. Uh, I've been fine. Um, you know, COVID, I guess, is kind of still ending, but you know, kind of lingering. So I think kind of just, uh, you know, learning to deal with it. Um, I'm an attorney now, so much different from where I was uh, in 2017 when I did the show. I kind of try and keep a lower profile, so I don't really, you know, I'm not I'm not huge on, like, social media or Twitter, so I don't really update anything there. So, uh, yeah, a lot changes in five years, I guess. I, I was living in Chicago. I, I'm now back in New Jersey, so... Uh, yeah, law school was pretty much in between what I was doing between Survivor and, and now, um, which had its ups and downs. Uh, but yeah, uh, I took the bar and everything and now I'm, I'm an attorney. So very different from where I was. What what were you studying, um, prior to Survivor? Was that what you were going towards? Like the law thing? Yeah. Um, anybody who goes to law school, Mike will tell, will tell you like, not exactly. They don't exactly know how they ended up there. They had maybe a, an inkling or a passion, something else. And then it's like, oh, OK, I'll, I'll end up going to law school. Uh, I always had it in the back of my mind. I went to uh, a school in New Jersey and I was able to double major in political science and communication. So I was you know, not really sure what to do with that. And then after graduation, I worked at a law firm uh, and then I went on Survivor. So I, I started um, applying to law schools like right after Survivor. I, I, I kind of submitted applications beforehand and, uh, you know, went out there, didn't know if I got in or not. And then I got waitlisted at a place while I was on Survivor. I didn't know I did, came back and then ultimately decided that I would go there. Uh, so a lot was going on during that time. Um, 
but you know, law school was just, uh, I, I kind of always had an interest in it. Uh, and I, I, I had a good experience there. I met a ton of cool people and, uh, Chicago is a great city to be in. So. Well, you can't get by with bringing Chicago up without answering the debate of like the pizzas. Like, is Chicago or New York pizza where uh, your head's at? Where, 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 where do you fall on the line? It's no debate. Uh, New York pizza is is. Okay, I'm just making sure. The, the, <laughs> Mike, Chicago pizza is like a cake. If you like cake pizza, quiche. then Chicago is the place for you. It's quiche, basically. I say it's it's basically quiche. It's basically quiche. Yeah, it's uh, and it takes like forty five minutes to make, Mike. It, I mean, and you're just sitting there for forty five minutes to an hour waiting for uh, you know, pizza to be made. It's the closest thing we have here in in Jersey is Sicilian, which I'm sure you've had. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. but I, I like a thin crust. I like uh, you know, New New York style. So yeah, New York all day for pizza, no yeah. no doubt, and hot dogs. Oh yeah, I'm I'm pretty picky with my pizza. I like pizzas. Good pizzas, good pizza. But like you know, I always like try to decipher like the differences between pizza. That's how much of like a, a nerd I am when it comes to food. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, and there's in Chicago. It's basically just like the the touristy spots are that deep dish. All are those deep dish places. Um, but yeah, I prefer New York slices. Not even a question. Yeah, it's just like a disrespect to the to word pizza, I feel like, to even call Chicago like a pizza. <laughs> it's a different category, for sure. It's a different, yeah. different category. Did you go through that thing? You know, when you go and get off of reality TV, so to speak, I, I tend to see like certain answers differ um, when people are going and trying to get their toes into like the real world and like getting like jobs and stuff. Does it, did it ever come up for you when applying to like jobs or trying to get into anything like that? Like your time on television? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. It is the first thing that's talked about in in every single job interview that I did. And I, and I guess because it's so unique in the sense that, uh, you know, only an X amount of people have played survivor, um, it, it kind of breaks the ice of any conversation. I usually get the same questions all the time. It's, it's, did you eat gross things? Would you do it again? How did you get on? Uh, which are great to answer. And it's great to, you know, inform people. I think it's a super cool thing to share. Um, you know, for a while I, I wanted it to be like my identity. Like I wanted to be known as that person. And then, you know, when you get out of it, it kind of fades away. Um, but yeah. Every single time. I mean, I the ultimate fun fact, I would say, uh, that, like, you know, you were on uh, a program like this. Uh, but, yeah, in, in every job setting, it is uh, it is the number one question, you know, I get asked at the top of an interview for sure. It was never, like, a hindrance, though, right, in terms of, like, whether, like, the make or break and whether or not somebody wanted you. Because I noticed with, like, some other reality TV shows, like, and again, there's, like, a different, I guess uh genre or scheme to the show like yours is more of like a competition survivor based show whereas like other reality tv might be a little bit more like partying and like drama filled so that might taint employers views on the show and the person that they might be looking to hire but um it wasn't like that for you though coming off the show right like i'd assume no. like it was cut and dry yeah i think if anything it it helped me in certain aspects um and survivor i think to your point i think it's the most family friendly uh you know kind of reality show that that's out there especially if you look at like the mid 2000s late late 2000s um you know survivor's pretty 
uh, much always been a family show compared to Big Brother or other shows like that. Um, and, you know, and, unless you do something like really objectionable out there, um, it's 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 going to be a positive in the sense that, like, you're talking to somebody, it's going to be an interesting experience. And, uh, you know, you could, you know, parlay that into other things if you want. But no, it's never it's never really been a hindrance other than, you know, people walking around, you know, the law school and say, hey, you're surviving today or, or something like <laughs> that. So you open yourself up to bad jokes, but uh, it, it is a good experience uh, to lean on and, and to talk about. So was there any part of you that after a few years had passed, like you wanted to make like a conscious effort to maybe like distance your self or time and self from that chapter of your life? Or would you say yeah. maybe it organically might have happened? I mean, that's that's another great question. Uh, I I think probably you're just so absorbed with it and so consumed with it. I think there's uh, I, I never thought about mental health before I was on this uh, before I went into reality TV. I, I, I thought I was going to have the best experience. I was going to, uh, you know, be the 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 favorite of of the audience all that you only think of the positives you never think of the negatives so and i did have a positive experience but a lot of negatives came with that as well so to your point it's so much with fan reaction with the game itself with production that you kind of take a step back and and you're like wow like i i I just want to distance myself a little bit from this you know i don't really watch uh the show anymore because it's just it's too much uh and i understand like people love uh you know going on going to reality events i actually went to one uh in hoboken in december it was tons of fun it was a fun i had gone to um but a lot of that can be overwhelming if you're doing that like consistently and going to all these events being on like live tweeting the show going on all these podcasts so um i don't actually talk about the show in my experience a ton uh, and it's it's because, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to do stuff outside of that. I kind of wanted, you know, I lost my identity a little bit, as as you kind of said. And I didn't want my identity, you know, forever just to be, you know, the 39 days I spent on Survivor. But during that time, you think it's the most important. It, this is going to be, uh, you know, life changing for the rest of your life. I'm going to rely on this experience. And. You know, if you could just use it as a cool experience that you did when you were 23, uh, I think it's much better off than just being absorbed with it. But again, people are all different. That was just my takeaway from it. Um, but yeah, the mental health aspect was very, very challenging uh, for me. Yeah, and that's not a very tapped into thing, I think, with coming off shows um, in terms of mental health with people that partake in reality TV. You know, I think it's like, a pretty consistent like harsh reality i would say for most of them that come off these shows like i've been saying for a while that there should be some type of like aftercare put in place for those that like participate in reality tv not like a like return to normal life immediately but somewhere in between like a little bubble period of time where like they could kind of acclimate before stepping into like such a big reality which is obviously normal life do you think like that might be something that is a good idea Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, you go. I went from final tribal council to, you know, back on a plane and then just like sitting in my house doing nothing. So you're operating at a 10 uh, from a one out of 10 energy level, stress level, fatigue level. These are all 10s for 39 days. And then 
what is regular operate regular life is like a three a four you just get into your routine and then you're just back into you know your normal life as you said there's no gate and i don't know what they're doing now i don't know what other shows are doing or have ever done but i think as as you kind of said there has been some sort of gap in between coming off the show and uh you know getting back into your normal life and i didn't really know what to do I uh, started applying for jobs, even though I wanted to go to law school. As I said, I was a mess. And all I thought about during that time, besides eating, was Survivor. Did I make the right moves? Did I win the game? Uh, should I have done this? Should I have had this conversation differently? What's going to air? What's How am I going to look? How am I going to be perceived? And they don't really you know, prepare you for any of that. Granted, you sign the contract, so you know what you're getting yourself into a little bit. But it's still for me, uh, it, it was it was a tough adjustment. I mean, it's all I thought about that entire summer. My season ended uh, filming in May of 2017, and it didn't start airing until late September, September 27th or 28th. Uh, so it was a long time to just wait and and see, like, oh man, like what what did I say? What did I do in that instance? Uh, that I'm going to regret. So it is It is a lot. It is a huge, huge impactful experience. And not only yourself, but your family members, right? I mean, my, yeah. my dad, my mom, my sister were huge backers of me. They wanted me to do this and they wanted me to have this experience and they were so supportive. And, you know, I couldn't even watch an episode with them because I had moved in August of that year. So the whole experience was just very, very difficult. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of positives, but there are a lot, a lot of negatives uh, with it as well. And that period between the show and waiting for it for it to air could have probably been filled with a lot of better mental health and mental stability uh, exercises than what I substituted it for with just obsessing over the experience. So did you know, like, the outcome already uh, before? Or, like, was the reunion uh, where they announced the winner, like, filmed separately at that point? Yeah, so I think they they do the live vote reveal uh, right now, like right out on the island. You know, if you won within ten minutes of of the votes being cast. In my season, uh, for people who hadn't seen it, there was a there was a guy named Ben, and he was the biggest threat. And if he got to the end, he was going to win. Like it was pretty, uh, you know, anybody who went against Ben was not going to win. Ben did end up getting to the end, and he did win. But at the same time, you have confidence in your own game and the relationships that you had. And it's like, well, did that person vote for me? I had, you know, I had a good relationship with that person, with that person. So in my heart of hearts that I knew that I know that I didn't win. Yeah, probably because I knew that Ben was such a big threat and people have been saying that if he got to the end, he was going to win. There's also that flip of the coin where it's like, well, you know, you don't know. And the live reveal was in December. So I had to wait from May till December to find out definitively and uh it that that was a very very weird time as i said because half of it was you know it was a real it was like a roller coaster right you play the game super exciting you come off the show you lull again and then it's like oh wait it's airing people are recognizing me now this is pretty cool uh this is cool again and then like november december of the season it's just like okay i'm i'm getting a little you know done with this i kind of just want to you know have this experience over um, but no, I, to answer your point, I, I didn't know definitively, but if, you know, the way the edit was going for, for the winner, uh, you know, the winner's edit is something that is, I think, yeah. uh, ubiquitous across any reality show. Uh, 
uh, I think it was pretty clear that uh, Ben was was going to be the winner, and and he played a great game. He deserved to win. Um, so, but didn't know until December of that year. W- was your reception good coming off the show? Like, would you say like you were met with like a positive uh, response with like maybe how fans would interact with you, or was there? Did you get no. occasionally? I feel like everybody thinks they get a lot of hate, like because. I'm sure like every tweet or, you know, thing you get online is not going to be positive. It's the internet. Uh, so obviously you're going to get a lot of, uh, pushback. I thought I got a lot, lot of pushback. Um, yeah. Um, I, I actually met a uh, player from a previous season and, uh, he told me, I'm so happy you're on the show. I'm no longer the most hated person on the survivor (laughs) subreddit. So I was like, okay, great. I'm glad I could, uh, I could, you know, take that responsibility off your shoulders. But I think during that time, survivor fans got a little tired of like the nerdy super fan going on the show, which is kind of what I, I don't, I don't think of myself as, as a nerd, but in reality TV, uh, you know, archetypes, I definitely am. And I remember being shown in the preview of the season. And, uh, I think people were sick of me, just from that like preview, it was like they showed six of us on the end of the previous season. And uh, I, I, they were like, oh, my God, uh, who is this guy? You know, another Jeff Probst, Cochran, you know, clone <laughs> that they just want on the show. And it's just like, oh, OK, so this is how it's going to be. And then, uh, you know, I kind of blindsided, uh, you know, a couple people that I think fans did like. Uh, and, um, you know, that ki- kind of... Uh, you know, negative reception there. Um, but at the end, at the end of the day, as I said, I think if you, if you want to see hate and you want to see negative things about you, you could find it. You could type in your name and, and you could look on that and you could look up that stuff. And that's for anybody who goes on any of these shows, really. You're going to have people supporting you and people not. Um, I, th- I think, you know, to the, to the earlier thing we were talking about, it's really limiting uh, yourself on that, right? Like if you go on Reddit and you see a, or Twitter or any social media and you see a positive thing, it's like, Oh, that person's right. Like I, I, I was great. And then you see a negative thing and it gets you down. And then, you know, you think about that negative thing Mm -hmm. and it's just not a healthy thing to do. Uh, and none of us who go on, you know, uh, just for me personally, I was not kind of prepared for that. So, when people are talking about you online, you want to see what they're saying. Uh, but a lot of the times, as you probably know, when you go on these shows, uh, you open yourself up to to uh, some criticism. Yeah, I think social media is like probably like what I would consider. It's like a deathly necessity, if that makes sense, when like being in front of the public eye. It's deathly in the sense that like you're gonna probably get driven crazy by like what you're seeing online because like it's all ultimately coming down to perception versus reality right it's like people's perception of you versus like reality and sometimes you tend to believe that perception outweighs reality but it's also a necessity in the sense that if you're looking to like market yourself or continue to get on shows like you kind of need to be out there so that's what i would probably chalk social media up to yeah, it's uh, I mean, it, it is confirmation bias. If you like a person, you're going to see what you want to see, see the arguments that you want to see, don't see the ones you don't want to see. And it's funny, I wasn't even on Instagram when the season was airing. I was like, you know really? what? I'm, uh, I'm, 
Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna just be on Twitter. Uh, you know, I could post pictures there, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing as Instagram. People would not stop creating fake Instagram profiles <laughs> as me. So every week, Mike, people would uh, people on my cast, people you know I knew would be texting me, "Hey, is this you? Hey, is this you?" I was like, "No, no, no." And this happened probably five or six times that I had to contact Instagram, send a picture of my license that this wasn't me. So I, I, I eventually had to create one like after the season just to stop people from making these and impersonating me and saying awful things to people. Uh, so it, it was just like another thing that was just like ridiculous, but I have one now. So, yeah, I didn't think, I didn't know or think the survivor fans were like that. I, I I'm like fully uh, aware of like what the challenge fans are like, but I didn't know exactly what the survivor fans are like. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it's weird because to that point, like I, always rooted for super fans who got on these shows because I I viewed them as, you know, like me, like they have the passion for the game as me. They're relatable. Relatable. Exactly. I could identify with them. And I feel like, you know, the survivor community sometimes doesn't protect their own in terms of super fans. Um, I don't know what the reception is like now, but I loved that. I got the opportunity to be on the show. It was Mike, I, I mean, get it, stepping on that boat day one was still one of the is still one of the best moments of my life. Just like seeing Jeff Probst standing there in the wall of cameras, it was surreal. And um, I always rooted for the people who wanted those moments. And it's uh, you know, I, maybe I wanted it too bad. Maybe I, you know, put myself out there too much in 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 uh, you know, terms of the show, saying how much I loved it. Um, because then the fans just think, oh, he's hamming it up for the cameras. He's doing this to get on TV. I was not there to get on TV. I was, be- I was there because I loved Survivor. To play the game. Yeah. I wanted to play the game. I loved the game. I loved, I mean, Mike, I, I really used to talk about it. The strategy components, the social components as like a, a football game or like a baseball yeah. game. Like yeah. I, I used to break it down like that. I used to, uh, you know, talk about it with my dad. He, he watched the show, read any article, any podcast I could get my hands on. Um, and people thought, I, I guess I gave off the perception that like I was, you know, just trying to get camera time. Uh, and as I said, I wasn't even on Instagram during the season. So I was there to play the game. And uh, I enjoyed that aspect of it for sure. Is is it Does it feel kind of like bittersweet in a sense for you? Because like you watched the show, I'd assume, for like a while prior to going on. Like you grew up a fan, obviously. And then to finally go out and get to play like a game that you had like admired for so long. And then maybe like your experience from it. Not saying that the entire thing was bad, but, like, there were parts of it that were bad, and now, like, maybe you can't look at the show that you once loved sort of the same way? Yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. I um, I, I think whenever you do these things, right, if you want to go on Jeopardy, if you want to go on, you know, whatever, you envision yourself dominating. You envision yourself, you know, winning seven immunity challenges and finding, you know, all the idols and playing them correctly, and it never goes that way for anybody. You're going to lose challenges. You're not going to find every idol and advantage. You're not going to win every single thing. You're not going to get every vote. There are going to be people who aren't going to like you. Mm-hmm. I don't think you really consider that. You just consider, I'm going to win. I'm going to you know, do all these great things. And when you come back, the fantasy of it's gone because it's replaced by, okay, well, I didn't, I didn't win one 
immunity challenge. I pictured myself winning multiple ones. You watch the show. Oh, I'd be good at that one. I actually played that one out there. I didn't. I wasn't good at it at all. I lost that one. So the 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 you know fantasies and and the goals you have are sometimes replaced by the reality of it, which hurts. It 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 hurts that I didn't win that challenge. It hurts that I didn't find that idol. You know, I walked by there every day. I just didn't find it. So it's um you know it it, it kind of broke my heart in that sense because it was um you know the 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 fantasy was replaced by uh the reality and as as you said some aspects of it exceeded my expectations like uh finding an idol i i found two idols and it was awesome like I, it was so cool um but you know i think we're all critical of ourselves and it's like dang like i wish i got the necklace around my neck i wish i you know had a better relationship with you know that person i wish i voted out that person but you know, I, 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 I think I, I had a great experience. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I think looking back, maybe I just, as I said, I wanted it too much. Uh, you know, it meant too much to me. I put too much stock into it. Um, so yeah, maybe taking a step back was, was probably, uh, for the best. I'm always going to love survivor. It's always going to have a special place in my heart. Um, but sometimes obsessing over things and having these like specific dreams laid out in a specific way you want it to go, uh, you know, it's just not going to go that way. And one of my favorite quotes is by Conan O'Brien. He says, it is our failure to become our perceived ideal that ultimately defines us and makes us unique. So you're probably not going to be your perceived ideal, but that doesn't mean that it should ruin any experience that you have in life because, uh, just because, you know, something doesn't go exactly how you want it to go. It doesn't mean that it was a negative experience. Yeah, it's oftentimes, like, the things that you, like, ultimately have, like, penciled in is, like, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to do this. Oftentimes, like, that's usually never the case in what ultimately ends up being the path that you go on. So you can only control the controllable at that point. Exactly, exactly. What, what, what was your casting process maybe like? Yeah, so I, the, the time I got on, I, I uh, that was my third time applying. I had applied the first two times, and I, I was doing something that, you know, the first two times I was kind of tricking myself, saying, okay, I'll make a tape. And in the back of my head, I knew it wasn't going to be good. But and <laughs> I, I think I was saying to myself, well, at least I applied. So giving myself that assurance, you know, it, it, it wasn't going to work. But at the end of the day, I, I think I was trying to trick myself into thinking that, hey, I gave it my everything. So the third time I applied, I was studying for the LSAT, the test you need to get into law school. And I was just done studying for the day. So I took out my camera, uh, my laptop camera, and I shot a three-minute video. And it was just like me talking to you, except I was talking why I think I would be the greatest thing that television's ever seen. And I had read every um, – article from Lynn Spillman, who was casting the show at the time, of what she looks for. And the piece of advice that I, that stuck out to me the most was you, it pays to have an opinion, and you want to give the impression that someone's going to either buy you a drink or throw a drink on you. So <laughs> you want to leave some impression. I think I took the throw a drink on you route. Uh, so I applied for that sentence and didn't hear anything back. At the same time, I was applying for another position in, in Manhattan, but it was located in Los Angeles. So I was getting Los Angeles calls all the time. So it was a Friday night. I was eating pizza, actually, not deep dish. And I get a call from a Los Angeles-based uh, area code. So I thought it was the, uh, the position I had been talking to, and it was 
I'd pick up the phone and they were like, hey, this is so-and-so from Survivor. And I was like, what? Like, no, it's not. You know, <laughs> and to this point, Mike, I had told everybody I was going to be on this show. Just, and I, you know, never been contacted by the show at all. People knew me as like the Survivor fan. Uh, I, I was obsessed with it. So to get a call was amazing. I go through that process. It was a series of phone interviews. And then, uh, you know, they had me fill out a lot of paperwork. So I was like, oh, my God, like I'm actually getting traction here. They eventually uh, tell me that they're going to pitch me to CBS. And if I get approved for that, I go out to casting. I did get approved. I get out there. I take uh, a five-hour flight from New Jersey. So I get there that night. I'm nervous as hell. And I get there, and it's just five of us in a room. And they're like, uh, hey, you guys got here too late, so you won't be able to meet with Lynn until the morning. So I was like, great. Like, I'm going to be up all night. I, I, I was so nervous. I wake up that next day. And I meet Lynn for the first time, and it I thought it went so bad. I was like, <laughs> I blew it. Because I, I'm saying to myself, they're not going to fly me out here again. Like, th- that was a long flight. That probably cost a ton of money. They're not going to fly me out again and give me another shot at this. So I, I was like, you know what? I go back to my room. I was like, you know what? At least, like, I got here. Like, this is going to be a cool story. I, I got to Survivor Casting Finals. Um. And somehow I got through that. I don't know how I got through that interview. I think there were other people advocating for me. Um, But I got through that interview, and then I met Jeff, um, which was unreal. I still remember Mike standing out in the hallway and hearing his voice from, like, inside the room that we were going into. And just, like, this is the moment. Like, if I'm going to get on the show, this is going to be the moment. And that, that went really well. I got along really well with him. And then, uh, you know, people disappear throughout the week. There's 40 people there to start. And by the end of the week, there were like six or seven. Um, and it's, uh, you know, you go through a series of psych evaluations and IQ tests and you meet with production and, um, you know, different casting associates. But, you know, I think I was put on the show because uh, Jeff really liked me. I, I think I connected really well with him. Um, and I connected really well with the producers. I remember meeting meeting with them a couple of times. But if you're not coming out of those sessions, I think, and saying like, oh, I nailed that, you're probably not going to be on. That's how I was feeling because they just have so many options. Like, why are you important? You know, so I did a final meeting with CBS uh, with Mark Burnett and everything and different producers that was like on the CBS lot. Um, and I thought that went terribly. Uh, but at the end of the week, they gave me like all these shots and vaccinations and stuff. So, so I'm thinking, okay, if um, if they're doing this, then, you know, I might've had some impression. So I come back, that was in October. Don't hear anything. And when I say anything, I mean anything for five months. And at this time I'm training, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, you know, all these exercises to get myself in shape. I'm swimming all the time. And that call came in like mid February saying, you, you got the green light. You're going to be on the 35th season. And it was absolutely insane. I was, I, it was, I was over the moon. It was the best days of my life. And it, it's funny, like looking back at the preseason press of that season, Josh Wiggler of the Hollywood reporter was out there with us. Wow. And I'm very romantic about that time because it's, uh, it, it really encapsulates like just how excited I was and how grateful I was to be there. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much the casting uh, experience to get flown to LA, a couple of interviews, series of interviews, people disappear. And then, uh, 
you just wait. Um, and the thing of it, the, the last kicker of it, the idea is that you're going to be with people that you're on the season with. Only two other people from my season were at my casting finals that ultimately made it. Um, so you never know what they're thinking. Because, uh, yeah. you know, you're obviously assuming, okay, these are the final 10 people that's going to be on the island with me. That was not the case at all. Did it seem like in that process at all, like with some of the stuff they were asking you that like that after seeing like how the format was of like heroes versus hustlers versus healers that like the questions they had been asking, like, oh, this makes sense. No wonder they were going with this format. Like, were they like kind of getting answers out of you that would suggest that you might be uh, someone that fits under the hustler name? Yeah, I think I was getting. I think I was giving off that, like, you know, talking fast, ambitious, I'm the smartest person to ever walk the earth kind of vibe. Um, I wasn't really doing it for any particular theme. I was just, you know, talking to sound interesting. And, and these are the things I've done. I think the next casting, so Survivor, or how they used to do it, it's probably changed now. Uh, I went to October casting, which is the first casting. And they had ones in October, November, December, January, February. I think once they met a few more people that they liked, that's when they started to form the theme. But from my understanding, I think the theme was picked out for my season really late. And then they kind of filled in other people to fit that theme, uh, like right at the last minute. Uh, so when I went... Uh, the season before me was millennials versus gen x so yeah. they were asking me a lot of like millennial questions um and i don't really think i'm a millennial at all i had trouble <laughs> logging on to skype so i'm not uh i'm probably you know an older soul in that aspect but it was um you know and now it's interesting they've done away with the themes and i think uh my season's theme was kind of the tipping point because i mean it it was it didn't it was very arbitrary like it didn't like when we got out there, we were actually, I don't want to say laughing about it, but it was just like, what does this even mean? Like the, it, we were just like the people who didn't fit into the other category. So we got, we got good laughs at it out there. <laughs> so the survivor experience, like I, I think when we see it on surface level and we see the show play out, like it seems like crazy with like the living accommodations and like you guys are on an Island, all that stuff is like 100% like authentic, right? It is. Yeah. I, so from the eating perspective, I, they weigh you in before the game. So you, you get to Fiji and you're sleeping in tents uh, a week before the game, which is horrible. I mean, it was so freaking hot. And I was like, what have I gotten myself into? I, I, I this is the worst mistake ever. And this is before the game. So like, you're super nervous. You're just analyzing these people, uh, you know, you're sitting in like a you know resort kind of thing that you go to after the game as well, but you can't talk. You're just with a handler's production watching over you, and you're just observing the other 17 people that are going to be on. And uh, at that time, they weigh you in, and I weighed in at 122 pounds, which is obviously not a lot. Uh, <laughs> and I finished the game at 108. Wow! I uh, I lost that much weight, and I actually got weighed on day 39, and I was 112. And but I kind of had like a stomach bug after. So I got back down to 108 to give you all the details. Uh, so I ended up losing 14 pounds uh, and it was it was tough. I mean, I, the post game, I, I had to get my, some wisdom teeth pulled because they became impacted out there. I had neuropathy in my feet. Um, I my vision changed in my left eye from malnutrition, the, the doctor said, which was absolutely insane. Um you could see my heart beating through my chest on one of the episodes. I mean, it is as real as it, as it gets. I mean, I was starving and I didn't 
get a reward from day 17 to day 31. So I just had rice, cups of rice and, and coconut all throughout that time. But yeah, I mean, you, you're you sleeping on sand, you're sleeping in the shelter. I had all cuts all over my body because sleeping on bamboo is not as luxurious as, as it sounds. <laughs> um, and if you sleep in the sand, you're getting bit by these hermit crabs and everything. The one island that I was on, it was the first, it was the Hustler tribe, and then it was also the Merge tribe, so we went back to there. And the island in between, actually, was the island that they filmed Castaway on, which was beautiful, so cool. There were these ants that wouldn't bite, but they would just crawl all over you. And if anybody who's been out there uh, is listening to this, they would immediately understand what I'm talking about. All over, all over your body. It, it, it was absolutely insane. Um, so, yeah, it, it is as real as it gets out there. There's uh, They give you some suntan lotion, and it's like a mixture of bug spray, bug spray as well. Um, but, yeah, it is, it is – you're out there in the elements. They – you're, you're kind of in like a cordoned off area and they have, you know, uh, signs where like, OK, tribe cannot go past this point. Tribe can't go past this point. And people ask me like, oh, how was Fiji? And it was like, I have no idea. Like I was just it was nice. The beach I was on was nice, but I didn't see uh, too, too much of it. You have to wonder how like insurance covers like that type of conditions on a TV show. Well, that that that's what I had in the back of my mind. It's like, OK, like. They, I, I can't hide out here, right? Like, it's just not possible. Like, they have people watching me, right? So I, I kind of felt assured in that sense that, like, you know, they vetted these locations and, you know, there's insurance and all that. But then I remember I signed a bunch of contracts, which I don't even think I read. So uh, who, who knows? I don't know. But I never felt, like, endangered out there or anything. I just felt super hungry. I mean, I was starving. Wow. When did you, like, start watching the show, would you say? Like, what was your first uh, memories of it? Uh, season one, for sure. Season one had Richard Hatch and, uh, you know, Kelly Wigglesworth and Jervis, uh, who was from New Jersey. I thought that was super cool. And th that's probably a little bit before your time. I'm 28, so yeah. I, I was, like, seven at the time. Uh, and I just remember it being a huge. And then Colby was on the next season, Australian Outback, and I thought he was the best. Colby and Tina and Keith and Elizabeth Hasselback. Um, and then I kind of stopped watching. I don't, I guess I was very busy from ages nine to 13 with little league and stuff. So I, uh, didn't watch, got back into it around like season 10, uh, Palau and my super fan status came shortly after that. I mean, that's when the obsession started. I, I used to, I mean, I, I could probably still recite lines from old tribal councils. I, I, did, did you it's catch funny. the, I used uh, to, oh no, go ahead. Oh no, I just used to look you know, annoy people who I used to work with and be like, all right, pull up a survivor, uh, uh, exile Island. And I just used to, you know, read the boot list out by name <laughs> off my memory. So really, really cool stuff that endears you to a lot of people having this knowledge. Did you catch the Russell Hans era? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I, I like Russell a lot. That was my yeah, favorite was, era. I think he, so it, it's funny. He kind of, save survivor in a sense because yeah. it, it was going through it was getting very formulaic it was it was not uh what it once was and he came in and just shook everything like finding an idol without a clue was just like unprecedented and it was without a clue i think yeah i i think i yeah he did His first he did. season uh, yeah and, uh, he did yeah and then he came back from heroes versus villains i mean to get to the end in back-to-back -back seasons is is insane i mean however you get to the end and 
even if you're voted out beforehand, like anything could happen in those last seven days, like people are going crazy. And to get there twice back to back, I mean, I just detailed all the medical issues I had. I, I can't imagine people who just go back to back and uh, people have done it. I, I know a couple of people have done it uh, recently. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that that was that was a very fun era. Uh, that was, you know, a lot of strategy. Yeah, well, sir, you actually fall into the category of someone that's gone uh, to the end of the season. And uh, your season actually debuted like a new twist, um, which, you know, had some people kind of like a little bit in the middle of how they felt about it with like their opinions on the twist debuting. Um, How did you think about that twist? Yeah, it is. uh, So you can't talk about my season without talking about that. It's uh, it was you know, the, the moment really. So it was, as, as I said, Ben was kind of, I mean, not kind of, he was the, the guy to get out. I mean, we were, it, it became, I, I became very frustrated because the game just turned into getting him out. And I love Ben. He's, he's the guy that I have the closest relationship with from my season. Uh, and he was such a great winner at the time, you know, you're, uh, when it was introduced, I didn't really know what to make of it. Uh, I was always very, uh, you know, acceptable of, of what was going on. And they just told us that, okay, this is what was going on. So I was like, oh, all right. Like, this is, you know, kind of weird. Uh, and it's like, you know, I, I guess Ben is going to have a shot regardless to make fire. And, you know, if I could go back, uh, you know, I would just, you know, want to take him on myself and fire uh, because, it was such a moment where I don't think so. Here was my thinking that I could outtalk him on day 39, but if he got there, he was going to win. So it was, um, you know, I, I still think about what would happen between me and Devin and Chrissy. It would have been completely different. Um, the edits would have been different. The votes would have been different. And it's tough because I felt like even in that tribal between me, Ben and Chrissy, I thought, and from what people have told me, I think I was a lot of people's second choice. Uh, it's just that all those people were going to be voting for Ben. So it, it, it was it was tough. It was a tough moment because, uh, you know, Devin and Chrissy had been my two closest allies. And that idol I found on day one, I told two people about it. I told Devin about it on day one to form that alliance. And then I gave it to Chrissy and linked up with her. And that was my alliance. And when, when we came back together at final six, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to win. I'm going to win Survivor. Like, these are my two people. I'm loyal to these people. These This is the alliance that I formed. And uh, we worked our way to the end, even though, you know, me and Devin had a little bit of a falling out. It put the target back on Ben. And, you know, um, it, it, it was it was tough because I, I knew climbing the Ben mountain of getting past him at final tribal was going to be really tough. And, uh, for anybody sitting there, it would have been, it would have been just as difficult, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a surprising moment for sure. Twist. Uh, but at the time it's like, you know what, uh, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to throw everything at Ben that I possibly can. And, uh, you know, it just, it just didn't pan out and, and, and he was a worthy winner and he did really well on 40. Uh, he's a great player. Um, but you know, just looking out for myself, of course, I wish I still wish I went against uh, Devin and Chrissy. You you might have won, I think, had it been uh, you, Chrissy, and Devin. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It, the dynamic would have been so different because 
our final, you know, tribal kind of turned into, well, why are you better than Ben? You've been voting his name three straight tribals in a row. Why should we go for Ben now? That's a very tough question to answer. You know, when you're writing a person's name down to vote them out of the game and then saying, oh, wait, no, actually, I wanted to sit next to him. Uh, it was a difficult argument. And it's, um, you know, I, I think I had a good relationship with the jury uh, if it if Ben had not been sitting there. And, I, you know, I think Ben would have voted for me. Uh, so, you know, it's the winners kind of decided at that Ponderosa, whatever, you know, people are talking about beforehand. And if Ben goes in there and, and talks me up, then I think it, it would have, uh, you know, would have gone better. But who knows? I don't know. I mean, if you ask Devin, I'm sure he tells you he wins. If you ask Chrissy, I'm sure she tells you she wins. Um, and if, if you ask me, I'm going to be biased towards me. So we'll never know. I know people, everybody would have gotten votes for sure. Probably multiple votes. You may be looking a three two two or a four two or a three three two or a four two two something like that it would have been very very close i mean chrissy had the immunity wins but i didn't think her social game was strong Devin's social game was strong but his strategic game probably was a little spotty and my physical game was not there so it was everybody had flaws everybody had strengths and i think it would have been a very very compelling final tribal um but it's just a hypothetical uh and you know anything could have gone differently uh, so, you know, it's, uh, what did happen. I just regret not taking Ben on myself and fire, uh, because that that's what ultimately, uh, got him to the finals. So, you know, you can't go back and I, I could with the information that I had at the time and, uh, you know, was ultimately proud of the way that, uh, I finished up and, uh, that even against Ben, who was, you know, going to be the winner, I, I, I never, I never gave up for a second. So, you and him actually had a pretty good uh, relationship coming off the show, though. Yeah, we did. Um, I, think I, I think I saw an article that you uh, actually took him to a Giants game. Yeah, we did, and it rained the entire time. So really? Was, what uh, game was this? How, it how was uh, Giants versus Cardinals in 2019. Um, oh, what a game! <laughs> yeah, it was. So, so this was like an era. It was, it was just not good. But, yeah, I'd been out to Idaho. He'd been out to New Jersey. And it actually – so I'll tell you the moment that me and Ben really started to get on. It was day 33, and he um, – they his alliance was allowing him to jump between alliances, uh, between me and Chrissy and then the Devin, Lauren, Ashley contingency. And they were basically protecting him. And when he was revealed that he was actually going against me and Chrissy, uh, people blew up at him from both sides. And I, I basically pulled them aside, and I was like, you know what? I'm not mad at all. Like, I love this game. Like, you did a strategic move to help you, to what you think is going to help you win the game. I'm never going to call you out of tribal for that. I'm never going to throw you under the bus for that. And it got to the point where people, and you could kind of see it in the edit, people were just, like, trying to boost up their own games by critiquing Ben's game. Mm -hmm. And I never wanted to get to that point. People were making speeches against Ben. People were, you know, uh, just just really trying to throw him under the bus, say, look, like, I'm stronger than him. I'm going to beat him. And I was like, you know what? Like, I, I don't really want to be friends with any of these people. Uh, this is not my goal of the show, but I'm going to respect have uh, a respect for you. And uh, it was a really great moment between us. And we had a good relationship before that, too. We he, He's a super funny guy, super smart. Uh, and we went snorkeling together out there in Fiji and. 
like he, he had to, uh, you know, he had the spear, he's a Marine and I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, so he kind of looked out for me in that aspect. And, uh, you know, he, he's a really good guy, but I, in, in the game, I never made it personal, uh, as I feel like others kind of did, uh, just going at him that you could kind of see in the edit, those, those little clips of it, but we always had a good relationship because we always had a certain respect for each other. And, uh, that continues to this day. Yeah, and he's actually made the jump onto the challenge now. They got this, like, uh, USA challenge. I think it's, like, exclusive, exclusively CBS people now. Uh, quite a few, actually, Survivor people are on it. And I think him and another one uh, from your season two are both on it. Yeah, so Ben, who obviously won my season, is on it. And he was on 40 as well. He came in yeah. fifth. He played super well. And then um, Desi from Desi, my season, yeah. she... Uh, yeah, she she was on the healers and uh, she was the uh, physical therapist. Um, and yeah, so she's on the challenge as well. So she's super physical and uh, she's competed in uh, she was like Miss America, Miss Virginia. So uh, she's she's had life experience that I'm sure she'll fare well. Um, and, and Ben, yeah, obviously, I mean, he's a Marine. He's super adaptable. So I don't know a ton about the challenge. And I think that's what they were kind of aiming for with this iteration, like kind of take people from other shows who maybe aren't as familiar with it and see how they interact. But I mean, Ben in, in that environment, I have the utmost confidence in him to uh, be adaptable and, and compete. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably going to tune in. I think it was on last night. I, I, I missed it, but yeah, I'll go back premiere. and watch it. It was on uh, yeah, it was it's on streaming service, I believe Paramount plus. So you could like just go back and rewatch now or something like that. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it's super exciting. I mean, Ben is, uh, you know, I took him to medieval times when he was here in Jersey as well. <laughs> I still have to go. Uh, there. So, <laughs> oh, you have to go. It's, it's right in the Meadowlands. It's, yeah. uh, it, it, it's really good, but yeah, I mean, Ben took me camping after, uh, our season, which, uh, which was super fun. And, um, yeah, he's, he's, uh, super, super, super cool. Um, just a guy with a lot of life experience and you know you talk about the fire twist but that final immunity challenge too of our season was probably the most i've ever sweat in my life uh he had the upside down you i and i for, for people not familiar with the final immunity challenge of our season it was uh there were four slots you had to stack heroes healers hustlers and whoever stacked all of them would would win the would win the challenge and i was in spot one so i could see all of the people down the line here and it was me and him basically the entire challenge and I see he's done with his blocks and he's running back to like the base where he has to check in to, to like end the challenge. And I'm like, Oh my God, he's actually going to win survivor. And then Jeff is like, no, 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 something's wrong. And I didn't know what was wrong in the moment. Uh, and then he got back to camp and he was like, uh, you know, that was a million dollar upside down you. And I was like, wow, your, you was upside down. And he's like, yeah. So, uh, obviously he, he was able to do the fire challenge later that day, but in that moment it was like, holy geez, like I was super disappointed that it went because I was, I was close, but it was, uh, yeah, that, that, those, those last couple of moments of survivor 35 were, uh, were stressful. Yeah. I can imagine. That's like the difference between being a millionaire and not being a millionaire. So yeah, it was a sliding doors moment for, for us, for sure. Yeah. Did you get any calls to do any other shows like a challenge or anything else? No, no, I uh, never got a call to the challenge. Survivors checked in periodically, uh, but, you know, never there. There really haven't been that many opportunities to go back. 
Uh, the only person who's been back from my season has been Ben, but that was just because it was winners. And then yeah. the only other season was uh, season 38. And that was, uh, they got, you know, people who had kind of been on before my season. Uh, so, you know, I think they're really into telling the stories of new people and, and having you know new contestants the opportunity to play and at its essence that's what survivor is it's strangers people you don't know because i mean mike you 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 probably know like people form friendships with people from other seasons people go to these events and it's not as organic as just oh okay i'm so and so from nebraska uh you know forming an alliance so that's the part of it i enjoyed like forming those early alliances with Devin and, and and chrissy people who were different than me uh you know navigating the game with them that's what survivor was to me that's what i thought it was why it was fun not so much you know hey we met at at a bar uh we we had a couple of laughs you want to you know form an alliance so that i think that's like why survivor kind of takes the cake in terms of like the reality competition genre due to how like simple but effective the format of it is like they're casting new people each time and it's just such like a simple formula that's like easy to follow whereas i feel like other reality shows like rely on twists so much to where at certain points it's like if this is a twist every time then it's no longer a twist it's just a constant and then another thing is like i know like the challenge like is recurring with their cast members so they'll bring the same people back season after season but those same Mm -hmm. people in between off seasons are like forming friendships and saying like hey i'll protect you on the next one so there's no authenticity that comes with that and you're gonna see a lot less gameplay moves Sure. Yeah. And I think Survivor is, you know, it's being accused of that for sure. I mean, the amount of idols and the amount of advantages is, is uh, I think it's just gotten a little bit too much uh, across international versions as well as Survivor from what I've heard. And it's just not really the game that I, I fell in love with as a kid. You know, I'm not and I found two immunity idols and I formed relationships off of them. Uh, but I think it's I think it's gotten to a point where it's a little too much. I think there's a reason why. So many people in those early seasons loved Survivor. There's a reason why 52 million people were tuning in to watch these people compete. Granted, it was different at the time, but it was based on the social relationships. It was based on, uh, you know, the differences that people had coming together and, and forming, you know, doing social politics. And it was just interesting to me. Not so much, you know, the scavenger hunts or what, you know, a Hollywood producer is thinking of inserting into a game. Um, and I get it. Like, they want to be creative and you got to keep the show fresh. But at the same time, you don't want to sacrifice, you know, the integrity of the backbone of it, which is that it's a social game. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what the future of Survivor looks like. I know it's 26 days now, which is very, very, very different from what it's always been. It's been 39. Uh, so who knows what the future of Survivor looks like? A lot of that's with the times, I feel like, you know. I just think with the time. Yeah, I think it started because of COVID. And then uh, once a company, you know, makes, can do a product at, at for less time, I think it's going to be difficult to transition back to that 39 days for Survivor. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad we were finally able to make this happen. You know, I feel like this was a long time coming. It was almost inevitable that you and I got together to do this, I feel. So thank you for being so generous with your time. And I had a fun time chatting with you, sir. Of course, Mike. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, this was the first podcast I've ever done with a cousin, so I'm glad I oh. could be the first Survivor <laughs> contestant, and it was it was really my pleasure. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it's my first time interviewing a cousin, too, so there you go. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mike. You take it easy. All right. See ya.